Welcome to the Safe and Sound Podcast. You're here with your host, Sean Sparkman, and we are going to be talking with Blaze Dietz today in a live interview, talking about his life as an insurance producer when he was working. Right now, he is currently retired, and I got Blaze on the line here. Blaze, really good to have you on board. Uh, It is a real pleasure for me. Uh, As a friend of mine and a mentor of mine, you mean a great deal, and you have a lot to share. Your 25 years in the industry really led you to having a lot of wisdom when it comes to the banking and finance sector, then, of course, the insurance world as well. So, Blaze, if you could tell us a little bit uh, about your story as an insurance producer at the time and what led you to insurance, that would really be great. Sure. Thanks. I'm happy to be here, Sean. Yeah, so, you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, and it's been primarily in banking and insurance. And um, I I loved insurance because of what it does. It offsets risk. And as I learned a lot through, you know, 30 years of banking, um, risk uh, is important to be mindful of, right? We've uh, right. all experienced, at least your dad, your dad and I, have experienced a few more ups and downs than you have, but, uh, you know, just offsetting risk. And uh, I ended up specializing on the insurance side, of course, with, you know, technology, which has always been my backbone in this industry. But, yeah, I produced, was on the phone with hundreds, uh, you know, thousands of families and business owners and people that, you know, are looking for the right way, the smartest way to offset risk. So my real specialty um, was disability insurance. Awesome. And what really led you to disability insurance, the insurance industry as a whole, and how did you get your start in the industry? Yeah, so there was a uh, company, uh, some entrepreneurs out of Chicago that really were living in the Stone Age in regards to technology, you know, digital signatures, creating um, funnels to make sure we got the great message that we had and find the right people. And as you know, I had performed as a independent contractor slash entrepreneur. They invited me into a private opportunity, um, and now that it's behind me and I'm not under any non-disclosure, I can use the name. But it was with Mutual of Omaha. Uh, when people would call Mutual of Omaha, send in their reply cards, go through any type of digital technology marketing funnels, that would end up uh, with my team. And, um, you know, as I was instructed and approved to do through uh, the company that brought me in there, we would call up as licensed agents working with Mutual of Omaha and and there to help them. And it was great because I think, as you know, I was uh, licensed in the majority of the United States, I think 40 states. So I was able to speak to independent contractors, doctors, lawyers, truck drivers, UPS delivery people, um, beauticians, I mean, uh, all of the, you know, construction workers, uh, every single type of man and woman and in all different walks of life and all diff- different income ranges. So um, it, it was it was a lot of fun and it was really a privilege to uh, make that the most successful disability insurance project in Mutual of Omaha's history. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's kind of funny. The people that are listening don't know this, but the, the way that you and I met was through your working with Mutual of Omaha, right? Uh, you know, I was in the that's insurance right. world, and <laughs> I knew that I needed to protect 
my family because my background in martial arts and all the different things I do that if I were to ever get hurt, I wouldn't be able to support my family. So I knew that I needed to have an income coming in. So I went on the internet. I looked up the best disability company I could find and mutual came up, put a request in on the website and guess who called me? It was you. And you know, it was such a funny thing. So I want to hear from your side. Like when you called me, what, what did you experience and how different was it from the people that you normally call? Well, you are a unique individual. We both know that. Um, and that's why I've been blessed to not only protect your family, but then, you know, become a friend and then, you know, accept the request to mentor you. Um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, you're a bright guy. You're probably, probably the top, you know, five guys out of, of out of a thousand banking and insurance professionals you're probably the top five um people in regards to actually caring about the product i mean there's so many nuances everybody knows when you get that final delivery policy um some of them are as thick as a of of a 1980s textbook and there's (laughs) a lot of stuff there's a there's a lot of fine print as we both know that really can end up harming the customer. And again, now that I'm retired from the insurance industry, I'm happy to say it. Things that protect the carrier and don't protect, um, you know, the client. And it's nasty, but that's the reality of how the world works in almost every single industry. And you knowing um, that and you caring about that with your own clients that you were already working with, it really, you know, it really made me feel like I better be on my toes when I'm explaining to him the nuances of that mutual of Omaha uh, protection that we had discussed. So it, I was just really impressed that you were one of the, you know, one percenters in the world of insurance who actually cared about the clients enough to really dig in between the lines to make sure that, um, you know, you were going to protect protect your clients. That was the, that was, that's what, that's what stuck with me. Um, when I met you. Yeah. And the funny thing was at the time when I was working at the company I was at in the insurance industry, everything that we did was in person. So the only time I talked to somebody on the phone was to set an in-person appointment. So when you called me, I, I was just blinders on. I thought, Oh, well, this guy has to meet me in person. So, you know, I almost in a way forced my way to setting an appointment with you and, you you know, you went with you. you, It's (laughs) not that you almost did. You did force yourself to an in-person in-person appointment because, as you know, the platform we were building out is um, was a completely digital over the phone uh, platform for Mutual Omaha, right? Because I just told you. I was selling in 40 states. I wasn't obviously flying around the country to meet these people. And right. you're like, no, you're in Michigan. And I really like to, I really like to, you know, meet face to face with the people that I'm, I help. And, and I really definitely want to meet the people that are saying they're going to help me. I was like, well, I guess you're right. You're local. Let's meet up. So that was my actual first impression. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun because when I when I came to your door, I, we we met at your house, and you know your wife met me at the door, and she looked all confused at first, and then you know I'm like, well, hey, I'm here to meet Blaze about the disability. And she goes, oh yeah, he he told me about that, but it was funny her first reaction, like you know who are you, and then she let me down, and yeah. you know we met in your office, and 
you know, it was off to the races from there as far as our relationship goes, because you and I really connected in a, in a great way, which is really cool. And one of the things that struck me about what you were doing when you explained it to me is that you get to work completely digitally and over the phone, except for the one crazy guy that shows up at your house. And that was really cool because you're at home, you're a husband, you have kids, and you're still able to build a business and live a life like that as an entrepreneur. So could you just talk a little bit about what it's like to work from home with a wife and children and still be able to build your dream life? Yeah, it's it's really the favorite thing that I've accomplished in the last few years because I think I told you when we met, I had just decided to try and work from home. I might have been six months into it. Um, I had gone to an office, you know, at the time of this recording right now, I'm 48 years old, and I had been going to an office since I was, I don't know, right out of college, so my early 20s. So it was new for me, but I always wanted that dream. My kids uh, had finally aged enough where they're in school full time, and I knew that the insurance industry, uh, thanks to the Internet, there was people around the country that were wanting and needing help. And, you know, I was doing a lot of testing for Mutual of Omaha and several other companies. How can we drive in the traffic through the Internet? And then get people to feel comfortable with us because even though I've never had a consumer complaint in 30 years of being an entrepreneur and working with consumers, that brand new consumer has no idea who I am. So um, it was really interesting learning how to socially communicate and provide different proof elements that I am who I say I am and I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to get them comfortable. So that was a lot of fun, uh, really, you know, neuromarketing and psychological communication stuff um, that we had figured out. I mean, it worked on you. And, uh, <laughs> you know, being an entrepreneur, you know, the, the only asset you have, especially as you get older, you know, the, 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 the two main assets of the number one, in my opinion, now is time. And um, I want to have as much time with my children before the world has all their time or 99% of their time. And, you know, the idea of being able to take them to school and pick them up from school and, and, uh, you know, be able to work with them and then have access to my passion, which is work. I love building businesses and companies and figuring things out. So it was really the balance of work and life and, and the ultimate goal. And I think I'm going to copy this from Sir Richard Branson from, you know, Virgin Atlantic is the ultimate goal in life is to have the line between work and play completely blur and have it all become just living. And so that was my goal. And, um, and I, I feel like I've accomplished it now because now I think it's, I don't know, three or so years later and, 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 and praise Jesus. I haven't had to go rent an office space. <laughs> right. And, you know, now you are retired from the insurance industry, right? I am. Yeah. So I, I've always, in 1998, I bought Microsoft's front page. Front page was the name of the software program. And I was really frustrated with what people were trying to charge a bank. I was doing some consulting work with back in 1998 for a website. So I, I bought Microsoft front page. I learned to code and I wrote my first, I, I built my first website. And then uh, another bank liked it so much, I was able to sell it to them for what the other person was going to charge me. So I really fell in love with technology and databasing. And, 
you know, letting uh, technology help you accomplish things in a more expeditious, more detailed manner. And, and um, so, you know, help you go further faster. So as the years went on through banking and insurance and um, I was able to use technology to add value to the people that were considering working with me or any of my consulting companies or, or projects. So it was great. And then I, I had, uh, you know, one of the nastiest industries on planet earth, I've come to learn is the timeshare business. So these poor people get taken advantage of, and well, I like to say financially sodomized by most of these companies, and it really harms their family. So a couple of people came to me, and actually a, a colleague in the insurance industry, and told me of these this horrific things and wasting points. And without boring everybody listening, um, we were able to <clears throat> create a software that really helps families, um, and we were able to create the, the way we did it, which is um, our company does not accept money from our clients. So it's a success-based platform. It's similar to Airbnb, hopefully much bigger and better when we're all done with it. But I'm having a lot of fun doing that in re retirement right now. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, you know, and I wanted to bring your technology background and just ask you a question. It's opinion-based and I just want to hear what your honest answer is because you have experience with technology. You spent a ton of years in the insurance and banking industry. And I'm curious what you think is going to happen in the future because I'm pretty sure you and I can both agree that the insurance industry is one of the slowest moving dinosaurs when it comes to technology because they're very heavily regulated and they have to make their moves slowly to be able to make things appropriate for all of their products and what they're doing while following all the laws, right? So what do you think is going to happen with the financial industry in the future in regards to technology? It's a great question. You know, um, artificial intelligence algorithms, you know, that's really what's going to disrupt seven out of 10 jobs out of there, uh, seven out of 10 industries, eventually a hundred percent of the industries, but massive disruptions are coming. Um, you know, 2020 through 2025 are going to be unbelievable changes that will shock people, but it's nothing to be scared of. It's going to bring a massive amount of new opportunity um, in insurance specifically. You know, what it's going to do is it's going to weed out really people that are not like you, people that don't want to be experts will be weeded out at an unbelievable uh, pace because, of reviews and there's ways to connect and, and look at verified reviews and um, there's ways to, as you know, Sean, I, I know people around the country are now knocking at your door and wanting help and advice and guidance for their businesses and families. Again, because what we started off the call doing that you actually care about your craft. You actually know what the heck you're doing. So, you know, when somebody can, read about you, read, listen to a podcast, read your well-written newsletters that actually show you care. You know, you have actually quality content instead of garbage noise. When they read that and they read it over and over and over and they listen to these podcasts that will go on for many months and years, there's, when they sit down with another insurance professional, another advisor, it's just going to quickly become apparent that I got to get to this Sean Sparkman guy. And when they do, how nice is it that you'll be able to 
email them a link, text them a link, and they'll be able to look at what's on your phone screen or they'll be able to look at what's right on your laptop or computer. And you can use actual mathematics and review some very detailed insurance guidelines, some pros and cons of different uh, products to, sh to first, you know, listen to people, but then show them, even if they're 100 miles or 10,000 miles away, you'll be able to show them exactly what options meet their goals and objectives. You know, I mean, how cool is that? I know you came from, which was the right way to do it in my opinion, you came from a captive carrier. If people don't know what that is in the world of insurance, you're either a captive or you're an independent. A captive, for example, will go to a totally different side of insurance. If you want homeowner's insurance and you call State Farm, State Farm isn't going to be able to also quote you Safeco. Uh, or any other homeowner's insurance. They can only quote you what State Farm can do. Uh, as an independent, they can look at not only State Farm, but the other 100 carriers out there and say, here's the absolute best one for you, the best product that's going to protect you and, uh, that also has the best pricing. So how neat of you as an advisor that are dealing with people's finances the most important thing that they're going to be relying on, especially as they retire, that they've got an independent, meaning you are not held captive anymore. You don't have to only speak about an Allianz product, right, or, uh, or a Chase Bank product, or whatever products are in your, uh, in your world. You can actually listen, which you're unbelievably good at. You can actually listen, notate, formulate and then say i think it's time i'd like to you know if they're across the country or across the state let's talk when you're in front of a computer i want to show you some 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 things that i think uh will meet your goals and objectives and then go back and forth so technology is going to bring people together faster it's going to weed out the quote-unquote salesman that's just looking for a commission people who are not experts will be weeded out quickly and it's happening in the financial um, you know, the guys that, you know, pump stocks and bonds too, right? There's all of these platforms, and the algorithms are smarter than the typical guy that's sitting back at Merrill Lynch or UBS or one of these houses just pumping these mutual funds that have these unbelievable commissions, charging you 1% or 2% per year for the rest of your life. Those people are already being weeded out. Now, there is a necessity in a portfolio, as you know, for equities, Right. The right. portfolio needs to be balanced, okay? So same thing. It's going to be great for the equity uh, guys and gals that are advising. The top equity advisors, they're going to, they're going to th survive. They're going to thrive because, again, uh, you know, not to sound too harsh, but the losers are going to be weeded out of the banking and insurance industry faster than ever, and that's a benefit for guys like you. Well, it's not just a benefit for guys like me, but ultimately it's a benefit for all of the consumers out there that need help because it ultimately comes down to relationship, right? This whole thing, it, no matter what you're doing, if it's insurance, if it's financial, if it's just living your life and having friends and family, our lives can't be successful without strong relationships, period. 
I firmly 100% believe that the success of your life is going to be based on the connections that you are able to create with other people and how you're able to live your life in a fulfilling way. I mean, we're coming up on Thanksgiving next week, right? And, you know, to me, the most thankful thing that I have in my life is that I have great parents. I have great in-laws. I have an amazing wife. We have a brand new child and, you know, people like you and all of my friends, I have a huge group of friends, but the only friends that I keep around are those that are very close to me. And, you know, I treat my clients the same way. When I sit down with them one-on-one, it's about building that relationship and knowing that they can trust me and that I can trust them because I don't work with everybody that's out there either, right? Nobody wants to. We only work with people that we like and trust, period. And so it's about that relationship. And the great thing I think with the technology is that it's going to further give people the ability to build those relationships no matter where you are. I mean, I, just like, you know, my mentorship under you, I've had the ability to work all over the country, licensed in more than 30 states, talking with people all over. And it's absolutely wonderful to me. And then, of course, you know, podcasts like this where we can get more of this information out to people is very important. Uh, I did want to switch a little bit because now that we're on the topic of relationship to maybe a little bit more personal question for you, just to kind of get to know who you are. Uh, I'd really love to know something that you have failed at in your lifetime. It doesn't have to be limited to insurance or business. It's whatever you're comfortable with sharing today. Yeah, I have failed massively at cutting carbohydrates recently. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and you and everybody and else. <laughs> that, has, that has kept my belt buckle nudging into my belly, which really irritates me. Um, but, you know, in life, right, I, I'm I'm an entrepreneur. So, you know, being around insurance and banking, it leads you to many different clients and opportunities. And, you know, it's end of 2019. In 2013, I took on a client. We developed a telemedicine platform where it's popular now or becoming unbelievably popular. Back in 2012 and 2013, I actually had a mobile app in the Apple and Android store where you could open up the app, click on a button, speak to a physician in under 60 seconds, and we could geolocate you. We'd know exactly where you were sitting in the world. And because it was a physician that we were connecting you with, an emergency room trained physician, they could listen to your ailments and needs and actually prescribe you medication right over the phone and send it to the closest pharmacy to you. It sounds like a $100 million idea, right? And it was, and it, and it did. But I made a mistake of choosing to work with people that weren't in my network, that I didn't know. And I trusted them, and I, uh, I didn't vet them out properly, and I gave away too much control of that opportunity. And come to find out that, uh, um, you know, one of the people in this uh, ownership or connected to this ownership, they were actually bribing my partner to share our merger negotiations, and it all collapsed and fell apart, and, you know, it uh, – it was really tough for me emotionally and financially and spiritually, but as we're both trained, you more from your martial arts, but me from business and life and being a, a, a you know, son of immigrants that, uh, you know, my mom came over on a boat when she was eight years old from Lithuania and ended up getting herself to University of Detroit's dental school and becoming one of the first female dentists at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit. You don't sit there and wallow. You know, you get disappointed for a moment. 
whine and complain about it for a day or over a scotch, and then you get your butt back to the gym and you get working again. So it was an amazing failure, but actually that failure um, had led me to meet a couple people, and now this software we've developed for the travel industry, I think it's another $100 million winner. But this time we did it without business partners, um, no investors, and no debt. So you learn from your mistakes, right? That's how you capitalize on your failures is you, you, you make them pay you. And they pay you a lot of times in the form of knowledge and bumps and bruises and lost fingers and, and road rash, you know, emotional road rash. And so, you know, that, that was a major failure that I think is now going to turn into one of my greatest assets. That's awesome. You know, those are the stories that everybody loves to hear, right? Like your mother you know, coming across uh, the the, lo- the pond there and being able to make something of herself. She came from Lithuania on a boat when she was yeah. eight years old and ended up in Ellis Island. We still have her name on the Ellis Island wow. registry. We have a picture of it. That's awesome. You know, and then, of course, you taking one of your, your greatest failures and being able to learn a lesson from that. That's very important. That's something that I know a lot of people out there struggle with. I've struggled with it myself and everybody out there can relate to being able to struggle with actually learning a lesson from your greatest failure in order to turn that into something that will propel you to that next level of life. So that's really cool. So the flip side of the question now is I asked you about what you believe is your greatest failure. So why don't you tell us what you think is your greatest success in life? And that's not once again, limited to business, whatever you are willing to share that you think is your greatest success, please tell us. (laughs) <laughs> That's a fun one. Uh, my greatest success is probably realizing that I would be dead without Jesus Christ. And I mean that. I um, I was raised a, a Christian and, um, and and good parents. But, uh, you know, in my college years, of course, I drifted away and missed church for many years and thought I could do things on my own and, you know, had primarily experienced success in my business life. But through a couple of failures and knockdowns and things that, you know, God doesn't do things to you, but he allows things. And through some pain that was allowed into my life, I really thought and pondered and just asked, I asked God to show himself to me so that I could get to know him um, on my own without being told to get to know him, if you know what I mean. And um, it's really been the most fun journey that really happened actually you know, gosh, 20, 25 years ago now, but God moves very, very slow. His time frame is so different from ours, and I feel like I'm getting closer to him every day. So that's my greatest spiritual success. You know, my greatest business success really comes from God. It's my gift. I My gift is I love people. I love listening to them, and I love uh, problem solving. So I can listen to a problem I can see solutions, and even if I can't personally create the solution, I know exactly how to find the right software developers, you know, human resource managers, operation managers. I now know how to vet them, find them, and put them into place so that we can bring solutions to problems. And that's just, again, it's, it's my love of people mixed with the gift from God that he gave me. Well, that's great. That's really good to hear, and I'm glad that you shared that. That was a really, you know, personal thing that you shared, and it's on live air, and it takes a lot of strength to be able to do that. And, I, you know, really, I thank you 
you know, a lot for sharing that with us. Uh, we are starting to run out of time here, though, Blaze, and I, I just want to get a couple quick uh, bullet point questions out to you. Now that you are kind of in your retired life where you're retired from the insurance industry, but you are still working and you're working on some personal projects like your, your new business in the travel sector. Uh, I did want to ask you, though, just what are you curious about in your retired life now? You know, when you get older, it's, you know, like right now I have some pain in my right foot out of no out of nowhere. And and as you think of and you know, my 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 spouse, my bride that I love, her father passed away of cancer. Um as you get older, when you're near 50, your friends are in their 50s and their parents are aging and dying and you're learning why they die and a lot of times you realize it sounds so simple, but you don't start to think about it until you get older. Most people don't just die. Things happen. You have a stroke. You slip. You fall. You have a hemorrhage. You have a heart attack. You have multiple heart attacks. There's so many things that happen, and you don't just die anymore. And I really contributed to technology and advancements. I mean, people are living longer, and that's just a fact. And so – you know, I don't. I, I, it, it's not brand new, but it's surely new to the general public. The thought of living benefits, meaning you have some sort of investment going on, um, but if while you're in that investment, if you were to have cancer, heart attack, stroke, have to go into a a home and get treatment, or have somebody come and take care of you, you know. What other product out there is going to, you know, help you grow your wealth in up markets, protect you from any downside risk? And if, oh, by the way, you have a major health event happen, that's going to definitely knock you off your feet and you're going to have to sit down or not work or not work on my software. Well, am I going to be burning through all of my savings and leaving nothing for the kids or burning through all my savings and worse, needing my kids to take care of me? Or is there a product out there that can, again, protect my wealth that I've earned, let it grow? You know, uh, what I love about what you've taught me recently is, you know, we'll just use a round number. If you take $100,000 and it's attached to a, a, a product that's, you know, indexed to the S&P, which everybody's familiar with, if the S&P goes up 20%, of course, I don't get to capture all 20%, but I'll get 6% or 8% of that or 10% of that. Um, so, you know, that that's great. Well, what do I give up? You know, I'm giving up half of the index gain, but if the market goes down 2% or 20%, I don't lose a penny. And I don't want to lose any money right now. I want to, I've, I've been blessed with some success. I want to I want to grow that that wealth slowly and conservatively, but I don't want to lose a penny. And while you're helping me grow that wealth slowly, if I have a heart attack or cancer or stroke or something nasty like that, that I don't have to touch that money. That there's some there's the right type of what we call in the insurance world a right a rider that says, Hey, if this happens to you while we're managing your money, we're gonna protect you from having to use that money to help yourself um, with your medical bills, with your ongoing treatment. So I like 
I mean, I love the safe money part of a portfolio. It's like all portfolios must be balanced. Of course, you need stocks and bonds at 50 years old like me. But it's also the right time to be thinking about what do I absolutely want to take off the table that no stockbroker, mutual fund seller, equity pumping sales guy could possibly harm me with. I want a portion of my portfolio to have absolutely zero risk. And if I want to access some of that hundred grand for this example, let's say you know ten thousand dollars of it every year, if I if my child needs uh, uh, my child's child needs braces, or I want to do a small landscaping project to make my wife happy, I can take ten grand out of there, and I don't want to be penalized for it. I don't want to pay a dollar to access a little of that money, while at the same time exposing. None of it to risk. I don't want to lose a penny because of the stupid stock market. Sorry for the right. long-winded answer. Hey, that's okay. Uh, you know, I love the answer. You went into a lot of really good things there. Uh, at the end of the day, the question is, do you have retirement insurance? Do you have something that is going to protect that money for your retirement? Do you have the long-term care insurance? I mean, you know, I didn't expect you to answer that way, but you brought up a ton of great things that are very important for people to look at. And I'm really glad that you did. Now, we're going to go on to our last question here. There's one thing I want to know. Is there anything I should have asked you but didn't? No. Great. Well, Blaze, I really appreciate you joining us today. I think that this was a really great show, and I really appreciate it and look forward to, of course, continuing our relationship. And I look forward to bringing more shows to all of you. This is going to be an exciting time. We're going to bring shows to you on a regular basis. And it's all about the safe and sound lifestyle, not just your retirement, not just your finances, but how to make your life safe and sound. So your relationships, your self-defense, your healthy lifestyle, we're going to cover all different aspects of life to make sure that you are building that safe and sound life that you truly want. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Sean Sparkman. The interview was with Blaze Deep. Blaze, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? They can contact you, Sean, and we look forward to working with anybody that can help you, and I wish you all the success. Great. Thank you, Blaze, again, and we'll see you later.